Welcome back to another episode of the Merge Feast. My name is Blake, and joining me is Logan and Brandon. Welcome back. How are you guys been? Been good. Excited to do some more off-season Survivor talk while we're waiting for season 46. Yeah, I'm excited to start talking and been trying to stay warm, but it's been good. Good. Well, this episode, I really want us to spend some time going over and and talking about Survivor villains. Uh, This has been a huge part of the game over the years. Um, And I just want to kind of dive into to the villains a little bit more. So before we get into specific players, let's talk just kind of in general about what makes a player be labeled as a villain. And Brandon, I'm, I'm curious what all you think goes into somebody being labeled as a villain, because there are definitely a lot of similarities, but as we'll start talking through, everybody seems to be a villain for a different reason. So I'm kind of curious on your take on that. I think for me a lot of people that get labeled as villains are players that put the game and strategy ahead of relationships not to say that they don't build relationships but if they feel like they need to move off of a relationship or break an alliance or blindside somebody they're the ones that aren't going to hesitate to to make those moves. I think for me, that's what a villain is. Yeah, I think you said that pretty well. And I think all of that incorporates to a point. And I mean, even f- going further than that, I mean, playing dirty in the game to, um, I mean, like you said, lying and all of those different things. Um I think a villain is kind of different in everybody's eyes, but I think you laid that out really, really well, Brandon. I'm curious, do you guys think there's any correlation or any sort of connection between players that are labeled as villains and players that were kind of hated? Um, the The one that came to mind was um, was Colton. Nobody really seemed to like him. He didn't seem to be just a well-liked player in the community. I I don't know. Um, Would you say somebody like that is a villain because they're hated? Or is there any correlation there? I would say say somebody like Colton, who I believe he was on... Survivor One World and then Survivor Blood versus Water. Correct. Um, he is a villain, but not for the Survivor reasons. He was more of a villain just because he was like, and I don't like calling people's character into question, but he just seemed like he was not a good person. And I think that's kind of what people's hatred was for him. On his first season, he was just kind of a bully um, to everybody, had hateful things to say all the time, kind of manufactured a quit. Uh, He quit twice, by the way, Colton did. Uh, So that's another reason to hate him. He faked an, an episode of appendicitis in his first season and then had like a full-on meltdown at the Redemption Island um, arena in his his second season, and Jeff let him have it for that one. But I think he was a villain for just because he was not a a very nice person. So from those three aspects, we, we really have three great ways to become a villain, be kind of a questionable person of character like outside the game um a lack of not a lack of social game but uh willing to sacrifice those relationships i guess easier than most and then the third one being kind of playing dirty and um taking advantage of 
kind of exploiting the different um, any possible way to get ahead or get an advantage. Um, is there any other way that you guys can think of? Not off. I mean, I'm trying to think of. And we might get into talking about specific players and realize like, oh, this guy was actually a villain, not for any of those three three reasons. But as I'm kind of going through them in my head, it seemed they all pretty much seemed to fit in those great three categories. And some of those, some players fit into multiple categories, but yeah, um, I don't know. It'll be kind of curious to see how, how those players fit. Yeah, this is going to be sound like a really silly thing that I'm about to say, but I think some people are labeled villains solely just because they're not the hero of the season. They're the person that's kind of in the the player that you like's way. So you kind of like decide that that person, you don't like that person. They're the villain of the season, even though they're not really exhibiting any villainous qualities other than the hero of the season that's kind of their number one threat. Yeah, that's true. Looking at it like that, that, yeah, I mean, not always playing dirty or whatnot, but not necessarily the favorite of, of ever of everybody. So no, I, I didn't think of it that way either. Yeah. And so with that being said, I'm sure we're going to talk about players that, you know, you as a listener may not think that are villains. Um, and then we're probably not going to talk about some that you think should be on the list. So, and I don't know that we're necessarily going to go through and rank them. I think maybe at the end it would be fun to say who you think is, you know, the worst villain or the, I guess the best villain. I don't know which one would be better. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but my, instead of like survivor of the week, more like, Hey, my, my number one villain for me, um, might be kind of fun to talk about too. I like it. Well, let's, let's hop right into specific people unless you guys have anything else. But I mean, who, who are some, I mean, Brandon, if you want to just go down the list, who are some villains that, that we want to talk about? Um, I think it'd be appropriate to start with uh, kind of the original, the first villain of Survivor, which was the winner of Survivor Borneo season one, Richard. And Richard was a villain, I think, because he was the player that really kind of laid out the blueprint on how to play survivor he was the one that was like okay we need to build relationships but the goal is to get to the end and i'm willing to blindside people left and right i'm willing to manipulate people i'm willing to do whatever i need to do to get to the end of the game and he's again he's kind of the original villain just for the sake of he's the one that kind of started it all yeah, I just finished watching um, season one back and seeing his gameplay throughout the entire season and how different it was from everybody else playing. It was definitely, I guess you could say, a step above or just quite different than everybody else. And so um, absolutely was paving the way of what Survivor or how to play Survivor. It was It was fun to watch. That's a really good take, and and it, it's been a while since I've watched his episode or his season, at least the first one. I know he was on All Stars as well, but that is a, a really good observation because you're right. He did seem to be one of the only ones to walk in with any sort of strategy um, and as far as, like, the social game and, you know, thinking – that hey the most worthy player is going to win and that's not necessarily how it ended up playing out and spot on it definitely set the tone for the next 40 plus seasons of survivor 
Yeah. And he, uh, and just to stay on him, he had, he did play in Survivor All-Stars and uh, ended up having a very, very controversial moment uh, in one of the challenges. One of Richard's kind of things is that he likes to play Survivor naked. Um, and he ends up playing in one of the challenges naked and kind of rubs up on one of the other contestants, uh, Sue, and uh, she ended up quitting because she felt violated because of that. So that kind of, one, that was obviously a big deal for a lot of reasons, but that kind of also solidified, like, villainous role, you know, did something he really shouldn't have done or didn't need to do um, in that moment. Yeah, that's true. It's also probably should be said that... uh maybe a bit of a villain outside of the game as well when he was found guilty of tax evasion not yep. paying taxes on his winnings so just an all-around villain i mean nobody really wants to pay taxes but still he fits the bill uh blake you want to jump to somebody else yeah, I think I think we would be totally remiss if we forgot Johnny Fairplay. <laughs> I mean, that uh, was that. That was his first season, wasn't it? Uh, Pearl Islands. Yeah, it was his first yeah. season. So, man, if you guys are not familiar with with Johnny Fairplay, it was at the challenge where your loved ones got to come. And I know over the years, sometimes they play in the, the challenge. Sometimes they just sit out. I don't remember what this one was, but when Johnny's, was it brother, I think, or uh, his friend or his brother. Yeah. So yeah, his friend or his brother, whenever he came, um, you know, hugged, did their thing. And he asked how his grandma was doing. And his brother or his friend let him know right then on television that she didn't make it and that grandma passed away. And it was such a touching moment. I mean, seeing him break down and all the contestants are like, man, you've got to take this time with your family, like basically handed it to him for him to spend time with his his friend all to find out that it was a total bold-faced lie and i think from then on he has been towards the top of my villain list because <laughs> there's just certain things you don't do that would be one of them yeah that's a uh that's a pretty hard line or fine line to um, kind of teeter on playing like that is that's tough. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said, my grandma's fine. She's at home right now watching Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. That's one cool. of the, when I watched that, I was like, I think I was like actually like mad about it. I'm like, you just, you don't do that. And I, maybe it's just like, I could never, I could never do that and use my grandma in a lie like that. So, but yeah, definitely one of the most iconic moments in survivor is Johnny Fairplay's dead grandma. (laughs) And maybe she's as villainous as he is. And she's like, heck yeah. (laughs) Kill Dude, me she probably came up with the plan, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, definitely an iconic moment, but um, one for the books. And man, that is. Other than that, he wasn't like. I don't think at the level of villains that a lot of the rest of these people were, but that one specific move really ruined it. Yeah, he was definitely really. He was just an annoying player, and then, yeah, he just just rose to the top with a scummy move. Yeah. What about you, Logan? 
Yeah, um, thinking about it, I think it would be hard to leave out um, this person, and I think he probably could go down as maybe one of the top villains, um, Russell, um, Russell Hance. He played in a couple different seasons um, and was one that he liked to play with everybody's emotions. Going, I mean, from burning people's socks to uh, pouring out camp or pouring out like their water, uh, just the, the psychological warfare uh, when everybody is already obviously exhausted and mentally drained, physically drained, mentally drained. He's toying on all of those little pieces. Uh, so I think, and Brandon, you probably would be able to speak maybe a little bit more. Um, I don't. I don't remember every in little bit of that of what he would do. Um, just kind of knowing that he obviously played on that that psychological and emotional side of the of the game. Just kind of not being a I don't know if a jerk or what would be the correct term there, but I guess a villain um, to all of his his tribe mates. But, but yeah, I would say Russell. I would say. Some of the things that Russell did were just unnecessary and mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. Burning socks, pouring out canteens of water, nothing that you needed to do, nothing, nothing, like, you, that would not have propelled you in the game. In fact, that should have probably eliminated you from the game, but I, if I remember right, I don't think anybody knew that it was him that did it, but to... To speak on Russell, I was uh, talking to Blake a little bit pre-show, and I think Russell is probably the best player to have never won Survivor. He went all the way to the end in back-to-back seasons. Um, found idols, multiple idols without clues. But his downfall was his social game. He had absolutely no social game and just was chaotic, made a lot of people mad along the way, and nobody could get him out. But he had a completely bitter jury in Survivor Samoa and Survivor Heroes versus Villains just because of all of his antics throughout his seasons. And he is one of the greatest survivor players and greatest villains ever just because of everything he did i was actually kind of looking back at some of his like what seasons he was on i didn't realize he was on three um three years in a row yeah he was on 19 20 and 22 Hmm. but definitely a great player what's your take on uh russell blake yeah i mean you you pretty much hit the nail on the head I, i think it would be hard to argue that anybody else was a better player that didn't win um, besides Russell. His strategy, his um, like social skills around some of that were just... I mean, he seemed like he was playing three days ahead of everybody else a lot of times. But you're right. I mean, he did a lot of things that kind of made him into that villain character by doing the things that were not necessary to advance his game. You know, the burning the socks, the pouring out the canteens. Like, there were just things that, I mean, exactly what you said, were just really kind of uncalled for. Um, but in in a weird way, he kind of changed... I think he was like that next role in a change of how the game was played and and really showed that, you know, he's willing to do whatever it takes to get to the end. And that, that ended up coming to bite him because of a bitter jury, but well, he made it really, really far pretty easily. Well even in uh like Survivor Heroes versus Villains, which is, I mean, that might be the best season of Survivor ever. I'm just going to say it. Uh, it had a great cast, amazing players, 
mostly. And he was able to do the just the exact same thing he did in Samoa. He did in Heroes versus Villains to really good players. He was able to manipulate JT into giving up an idol and making him think that he's on the outs. And he was able to pair up with uh, Parvati and just end up kind of running the beach. Like, just just a good player, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something to say about somebody playing that well, exp- especially playing a back-to-back season and then skipping a season and going, like, playing that many in a row. Obviously, people have seen you play and how good you play the game and how, like, what your game is. And so for him to play that well in multiple seasons is even makes it even that much more impressive. Yeah. I think uh, in, in kind of staying in the Hans family, uh, I think we all remember Brandon Hans. He was Russell's nephew. Played twice. He played Survivor South Pacific um, and was part of the alliance with Coach and uh, Sophie, the the family alliance, I think is what they called it. And then he was in Survivor, fans versus favorite Survivor, Kara Moen. And genuinely, like, had a bona fide meltdown on the island. Like, I... Where he was like throwing rice and just throwing things and burning things and causing chaos and camp. And he was doing all this and he was terrifying his tribe mates to the point where they were like, Jeff, we don't even want to, we want to vote Brandon out. We don't even want him here. We don't want to go to a challenge. We want him gone. Um, and I don't even know if you remember it, but genuinely like kind of dramatic, turn of events that happened with him i remembered he had a couple of like not a couple but had the like that out the couple of those outbreaks and just you never knew what you were really going to get with him it was never never really positive and it was i don't know it was definitely a kind of a weird play style to come in with i mean maybe that's just who he is every day and all but yeah, definitely a not a f- fun contestant. And I, I, I don't want to pass judgment or make light of anything, but it almost made me wonder if there was a little bit of like mental health issues, uh, whether it was like some sort of. Um, because he had like moments of manic depression and like highs and lows. And I don't know, it just didn't seem incredibly mentally stable a lot of times. And maybe, maybe not, but I don't know. So I have another villain if we're ready. Hey, you got. Uh, uh, Parvati. Parvati, again, one of the best to ever do it. Um, known for just being able to charm people and just manipulate people and kind of just get her way. Um, convincing people that her way is the best way. And she was part of one of the best alliances in the history of Survivor with the Black Widow Brigade and Survivor Survivor Micronesia, where she won. And one of the one of my favorite moments ever, which is part of one of the biggest blunders in Survivor history, is Micronesia Final Five. It is Parvati, Amanda, Sari, Natalie, and Eric. So four women one man eric and this was fans versus favorites 
Uh, Eric was a fan. The rest were favorites outside of Natalie. Sari, Parvati, Natalie, and uh, Amanda convinced Eric. Eric had one individual immunity. They convinced Eric, hey, you give Natalie individual immunity. You give up your necklace. I promise we won't vote you out. So this dum-dum says, hey, Jeff, uh, before we vote, I want to I wanna give my necklace to Natalie. And you better believe that Eric got voted out quicker than... And it was one of the greatest moves ever. I definitely remember watching her throughout the multiple seasons she was in. Again, another um, three seasons of her. And um, definitely one that was kind of the flirt and, like you said, able to get her way, uh, able to kind of talk through situations and um, convince people to give up idols, whatever it may be. And played the game really, really, really well. She was she was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's she, true. I uh, forgot that. Obviously yeah, she was, like I said, uh, she won Micronesia. She went she to was the a end lot of fun to watch. In Heroes uh, versus Villains as well. And yeah, I mean definitely a villain for some of her tactics, but one that you can't really help but like. Um, I never really found myself rooting against her. It's just not not the exact way I would go about some of her moves, but um, yeah, I don't know. That's it. She's an interesting villain for me. Well, let's start with Sandra. Talk, she uh, is arguably the goat of Survivor. I mean, she's she's won the game twice, and who else has won? Yeah, so one of Tony and Sandra. I mean that, and she did it. Uh, Tony, I mean, she twice. had the she had two wins done fairly early. Didn't she? Okay. So yeah, first 20. Season 7 and season 20. And with her, Tony, Tony won his second season. He won Winners at War. I was really hoping Obviously Sandra would win was gonna win the third that season. season again, so Sandra did guaranteed it. Guaranteed. Hers was cool. No matter what. But Just saying. Um, but yeah, Sandra was was an interesting one for me because in in a way there was a lot of um a lot of similarities to to Parvati in in just the way she was able to manipulate people and make them believe her um Sandra no offense did not have the sex appeal that Parvati did and so it was interesting to see how they went about it two completely different ways, but both of them had that uncanny ability to make you believe exactly what they were telling you. And then, you know, cut your legs out from under you without feeling bad about it at all. It was, it was really impressive the way she was able to talk and manipulate people and do that uh kind of i mean obviously like we said parvati did that as well but in a different way and the way sandra was able to do that was truly impressive of just talking circles on people and like being able to convince them to do different thing and it was truly impressive Yeah, she was all her big thing was, uh, hey, as long as it's not me, I'm good with whatever. She was really good at staying under the radar and making other people the target. And then her just kind of coming out uh, behind them and just slitting yeah, throats, basically. True. She was really it was good funny at that. that she held 
and if you and she was the type like of player that if you crossed her, you knew that your game was, was done. Not incredibly loyal herself. She kind of like made up her own rules there. You said the uh, you said the other one was Coach Blake. I yeah. was I was uh, getting we're we gonna we'll, get there. We'll get Dude. there. <laughs> Did let's, we talk uh, about let's Boston talk Rob? Talk about Co- Coach really quickly, and then yes, I do want to get to Boston Rob. Okay, okay, okay. All right, um, I'll I'll start with Coach. Coach is one of the most entertaining players ever. I mean, his name is not Coach. His name is like Ben or something. And something that's great about Coach, I don't know if either of you knew this, but he was the soccer coach at, I believe it was Southwest Baptist University in Missouri uh, before he went on Survivor Token Genes. So a little bit of kind of connection in uh, to our proximity. Uh, but... The guy was just weird. He was known as the Dragon Slayer. He was an egomaniac. Um, in his second season, or maybe, I don't know how many seasons he played. In his one of his seasons, he, he ran an alliance that basically was a cult. It was like a weird religious cult. And <laughs> it was so weird. Like, it was odd. Yeah, I did know but he was from this super, area. Uh, or at least weird and Missouri. fun player that uh, was somehow just captivating to watch. And uh, I know a handful of people that went to school down there, but uh, yeah, I thought that was super cool. But yeah, man, it, it, you could not have made up a character, like a paid actor to come on the show and be a better, more entertaining character than coach. Um, and I think so with him being the soccer coach, that was a self-proclaimed nickname, if I remember that correctly. So it was not like everybody just said, "Hey, yeah, oh, you're you're a coach, awesome. We'll we'll call you coach." Nope. Yep. That is what he yeah. wanted. He wanted <laughs> what he told people to call him. Yeah. So that's. I don't know. I knew from that point on. I'm like, okay, this guy, the he dragon slayer, himself as coach, he's gonna be a fun one. People like that are always obviously fun and exciting to watch because you never know what you're going to get with them. But when yeah. they actually turn out to be as good as he was, and a, a, like another person I think of, Carolyn, very beginning was like, thought, like she is a whack job. Like, what the heck? Turn out, <laughs> love her. Emily, like, what the heck? Like, you are like weird, strange, like, Obviously, Emily is quite a bit different in a different sense, but um, and not necessarily villain, but people like that that you never know what you're going to get with are fantastic for the show, and I love it. Absolutely. All right. Anybody else that you guys want to talk about before we get to Boston Rob? I don't think so. I was just going to say let, uh, let Brandon have his Boston Rob. Um, I I guess the only other one that we might talk about briefly and and we kind of did for a second but (laughs) my bad um, the only other player to win win twice Tony some people would argue that he was a villainous player where do you guys stand on that with Tony Um, I think you could see it. He was one of those players that was deceptive and kind of put the game ahead of relationships. I mean, he he turned on his number one ally. Um, that, I think Sarah. He was he was also he known won, for so the kind of the spying on people move. and so I can, I can see why on, people think that about um, conversations and kind of being sneaky and so i think that also kind of puts a target on your back of a 
not trustworthy, villain-esque type of person. So good. <laughs> Multiple seasons, too. I love the Spy Shack. I love that it worked. Just this definitely, goofball. Definitely entertaining. Actually, he's another one that you're laying in. No, I could see palm fronds or whatever. He's a villain. Nobody knew he was there. Love the guy. He would be so much fun to hang out with, I think. All right. Boston Rob. This one, I think, and I, Brandon, I'll let you talk about it, but this one is uh, probably the most complex one for me. He's the Godfather. Uh, his villainous kind of uh, origin starts in Survivor All-Stars. And the reason for it was Survivor All-Stars was the first season of Survivor where players returned. So it was the first time anybody had played Survivor for the second time. So all these players from seasons one through seven of Survivor, they got to know each other. They had built friendships. And uh, then they found out that they were cast for Survivor All-Stars. So kind of pregame, everybody had these these pregame alliances. And Rob had made verbal agreements with some players. Uh, and then he got onto the island and he didn't he didn't follow through with pretty much anything that he had said he would do with the other players on the island. He was uh, just kind of taking people out left and right. Obviously, this is where the love story between Rob and Amber began, and it was Rob and Amber just taking people out left and right to the end. Uh, and he did not care about anybody's feelings. He, he'd look you dead in the face and lie to you, or he'd look you dead in the face and say, you're next. And, uh, ended up having one of the most uncomfortable final tribal councils ever, just due to the bitterness of the jury. But I think that this season is also a season that kind of laid another, blueprint of oh this is a game and even though it didn't you need to look out for yourself and the do season what you that can he won to get to the, the next phase of the game to win the million dollars and be the sole survivor okay season that he got runner up like he he no offense yeah, to amber no i, I agree he with should that. have won that season but Due and to the bitterness of right. the jury and the moves that he that pulled. That was like the first time Amber that we did really win. saw kind of that, not necessarily that style of play, but he kind of started that transition to where people were worried way more about their individual game and whatever it took to get to the end. Like that was the hardest part. Um, and even though it didn't work out for him, definitely a pivotal role in that change. Yeah. And, uh, his, I think it was the third, fourth season he had played at this point, the one that he actually won. He implemented the buddy system in his tribe. And it was nobody goes anywhere alone. Nobody gets caught talking to anybody, anybody by themselves. If I find out that you're alone or if I find out you, you know, were talking to somebody you shouldn't have been, you're getting voted out. So he had, he had kind of this dictator role going on in his, um, the season that he won. I forgot he and, had he uh, did that with the whole buddy system. I forgot that was him. I I, I remember that had Rob, but highly, highly come up before because we kind of saw um, players recently. I don't remember if it was a season or the past few seasons. Kind of mentioned that I was like, 
we're not doing this, buddy. He says, I'm not being babysat. Like, so I, and obviously in talks about that. So I, I forgot that that was actually Buster Rob that did that. It was a brilliant move. Absolutely. And clearly <laughs> paid off for him. What's right. wild to me is that, like, the, the rest of the tribe wasn't like, hey, we should just vote Boston Rob out because he's being a jerk. <laughs> but it, it worked. It, like, he, he used, he put fear into them. And that's why I called him the Godfather earlier, because he just put fear into everybody. And fear, you know, you no. put fear into people. And no, absolutely. I butchering it. But. And you get them to do what you want if they're afraid it's of it's going to be really cool in my opinion when his kids are old enough because you know with the i mean he wouldn't have his wife and kids without survivor i mean that's where they met so you know they're going to try and get at least one of their kids to play i mean they have to right You would you would think so. I, I mean, if the kids if the kid wants to, then I, w- I would think it'd be a, a a shoe in. But oh, I would think so. And I think his oldest daughter is fourteen, so we're not far off. Could be interesting. Yeah, but Boston Rob. Yeah. Man, dude. My aunt, I think I was telling I, you. You either earlier, love him or you hate him. She is right? not a Boston Rob fan at all. And she, I mean, if he's on next season, she may not watch it. That's my, how much she doesn't like him. But um, I, I tend to really enjoy Boston Rob. I do. I always think they've done it well, but with him, he's come back so many times. Um, even if it was for that mentor one, uh, there was just a lot of, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he was a great character and, and definitely make money on it, but it's like, man, I'm ready to see some new blood there for a while. But now I think he's one of the goats and one of my favorite all-time players. Yeah, he was definitely an incredibly fun to watch. Um like you said, Brandon, kind of chain like laying out a different way to play the game and having that change and watching that uh, was really fun to see, obviously, and then to see how that progressed season to season from then on. But he was, my opinion, I, I really, I really enjoyed watching him, and probably one of maybe the most famous survivors I you could say but definitely one of the all-time greatest yeah actually one of my one of my favorite things that he ever did was on the season that he won um there was an idol that they were looking for and there were clues to this idol and he had already found the idol, but they were on like a, I don't know if they're on a reward or what they were doing, but anyway, they were at this volcano and Rob's right-hand man was Grant the season that he won and Grant like gives him a clue and Rob's like, Oh, great. And he reads the clue. I'm excited to go back and watch just Rob by himself that, now. The like, seasons with whatever. him and he's like, I obviously got the idol and he just throughout, the I'm going through I'm about the volcano. I'm, I'm halfway through season three right now. I'm going through all of them, but I'm going back and watching him and I'm excited to see the reaction or what um Sydney thinks of it of him and how he plays and what all of that, see if she likes or dislikes him in that, in that sense. So it'll be fun to kind of go through that and watch that again with somebody that hasn't ever seen that. Yeah, that's true. I'm curious to see what Sydney thinks. Well, I don't know. I mean, there, there's a ton of other players to highlight, but I don't know that I have anybody, uh, that just totally stands out to you guys. No, I think 
I think we did a a good job of laying out a lot of I think top villains and like you said plenty so. of other ones but these few that we listed out um I think are at the top of the list and um, probably some of the most memorable so I think I think uh, we laid it out pretty good who would you say in the modern era has been maybe two or three villains or have there been any Yes, so 41 and, and beyond. When you say the modern era, do you mean like after Winners at War? Okay. Honestly, unless I'm just overlooking somebody, I don't feel like there's been a true villain. I think maybe... Shan in 41 kind of maybe played a villain role. She was just kind of uh just kind of devious with some of the things that she did. Um maybe yeah. You could kind of classify Drew as a villain, and that might be a stretch from season 45. Just cuz he just some of his uh like uh, eating all the rice with uh, D and not letting Jake have any, or just straight up telling Brando, "Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah, dude, I don't, uh, I don't want to have an alliance with you. I'm good." I can <laughs> you know, see it. Really Definitely, like you said, kind of loosely or maybe a little bit stretched, not as much on the same level as others, but didn't really definitely has um, some tendencies there. But I, I don't know of or can't really like you said think of any other um new era off the top of my head yeah not any for me that would make you know the top 10 top 15 list so that that might be something that i think i would be interested for survivor to cast another villain or to try and I don't know if those are just natural or if they're looking for that type of a personality. Uh, but I, I, I think it's time to get another villainous character in. I'd be down for it. They definitely keeps it interesting. I know we've got a lot to look forward to in 46. I think it'll happen in 46. Jeff said that the 90-minute episodes are coming back. And the first two episodes of season 46 will each run for two hours. He said you need it to fit the amount of personalities in this season. So that sounds awesome. Ooh, baby. So, well, I know we said this towards the beginning, but... Who is your, who would you say is your number one villain? Like the worst villain, or I guess the best villain, however you want to classify that. Who is your super villain? Uh, for me, I think I would, I would have to say Russell, uh, just from the sheer, some kind of unnecessaryness of what he kind of did and brought to the table uh, with his villainous and obviously played great throughout the seasons that he was in, but um, just kind of uh, cruel and unnecessary and highly hated person. So I would say Russell for me. Yeah. Russell's a, a good one. Uh, and you're right. The amount of villainous stuff, I think, definitely propels him to the top. For me, though, I've, I've got to go with Johnny Fairplay. That one move to take him from a mediocre, just average player to one of the most villainous people in Survivor history because of one move. 
I, I think is crazy. And uh, I don't know for me that that big of a, a move or that big of an issue um, that, you know, nobody will ever trust him in the game of survivor again. That's why I pick him. What about you, Brandon? Uh, you know, since you picked Russell and Blake picked um, Johnny Fairplay, I'm going to I'm going to pick Parvati, even though I probably feel like it is Russell. I'm going to just I'm going to pick Parvati because the move of getting somebody to give up an immunity idol, she made in just her her ability to just get people to do what she wants when she wants. And I like that. Being pick, uh, kind of an honorable mention. I like that. Multiple good seasons. One. I don't know why that With made that me think gameplay. how it made me reflect on this past season and how, um, how close we were to having Emily be a villain if she would have been how she was the first 45 minutes of that first episode for the remainder of the season and made it just as far, I think she could have been one of the all-time villains. I honestly don't think she would have made it that far. I think they would have... I mean, even from the beginning, everybody was fed up with her, so I honestly think she would have been voted out fairly quick, but... No, I and and I agree. I'm just saying if she would have still made it as far because mm-hmm. part of the things with those villains is they were around for several weeks. They weren't the first or the second to get voted off. There's been yeah. a lot of, you know, like not great people that would would have turned out to be villains if they would have made it very far. Um but we were so close to having that with Emily just with how she started off in the first 10 minutes of the show. Like, oh man, this this girl's gonna be a villain in the social aspect of things. Well, do we have anything else for this week? I do not. Cool. Well, I think that kind of wraps up the uh, the villain talk. Uh, obviously, like I said earlier, villains bring a lot to um, the table and and view view viewership and kind of enjoyment to the show so always love a good villain and hope to see see a villain here soon so um with that i uh, would love everybody the to uh tune in i should be i'm correct me if i'm wrong here guys but i don't think we talked about uh another two weeks should have another episode out correct cool well if you guys would uh come back in another couple weeks and we will have another episode out and um, be looking forward to the next season of Survivor. Thanks for listening.